of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. I am Becca Kephart, and I'm very excited to be joined in studio by Lupe Harada and Elizabeth Borg Bowman, better known as Liz or LBB. Thank you both for being here. How are you guys doing today? Awesome. Very good. All right. Well, we'll start off with our first segment, like we always do, What You've Been Discin', where each one of us shares one disc golf-related thing we're excited about. Lupe, what you got? Uh, I signed up to volunteer for the Casey Wide Open a little bit ago, mm-hmm. and as great as that is, I kind of still get that little twinge of maybe I should play instead, right. but no, I'm going to stick to my guns, and I think I'm going to volunteer for this year's event. Well, thank you, Lupe. That's awesome, because I made the opposite decision. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you for Good volunteering. It's sure. the, I mean, it's the disc golfer's dilemma, right? Yeah, like, it is. Everybody, it's it's hard, because it's like you want to play, you also want to help, and you got to pick your spots. So thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. Liz, what you got? Well, uh, speaking of the Kansas City Wide Open, my husband is one of the assistant tournament directors of that tournament. And in recent years, there has not been a women's division or an amateur women's division. And they're offering all the women's divisions this year. And so we really would like to see some women sign up for that. Um, On um, Bad Rock Creek course, there are two different layouts, mm-hmm. and I will say that the advanced men and MA40 layout is going to be brutal. <laughs> <laughs> However, the other pools, yes. the other uh, amateur men's and all the ladies' divisions will play the kinder, gentler Bedrock Creek, and I believe that's on our final day. Yeah. However, on the first day, which is a Friday, he's going to have the ladies' divisions playing later tea times so that we don't have the stress uh, if there are backups because we're playing Wyco Park. Yeah. But they've decided not to make it super crazy. Cool. But it is going to be at Wyco that day, and I think it'll be um, – cool in in his mind it's like the ladies cards are going to be the feature cards yeah jomez is going to be filming the pro divisions and udisc is going to be involved in all that scoring so pros and ams should be signing up for this um the major sponsor is discraft Mm -hmm. they're getting a lot of really good merchandise and stuff for the player packs um, Latitude 64 and Dynamic Discs are also going to be providing a premium plastic disc oh, cool. for players from there as well. And I've been, of course, giving my input on <laughs> what I think would be cool. And um, I mean, like a pure or something like that yeah. would be a really good putter. Yeah, for sure. Um, but we'll we'll see what they end up getting, and he's hoping to get for disc, the Discraft disc that it'll be something that's more of like a, a tournament fundraiser disc yeah. that can't be gotten otherwise. Right. Awesome. Also, if anybody didn't know, Paul Macbeth and Hannah Macbeth yep. will be playing, so he yep. should be there to sign some of your Discraft plastic <laughs> for any fanboys or girls out there. 
And apparently you just have to get this scrap of plastic and then you like just win all the time. As right? far as I can tell, as far as Paul Macbeth works. Anyway. Well, thanks, Liz, because now I'm just like, <laughs> maybe I should have just signed up to play. And well, then- here's the thing. Uh, M- MK told Becca, it is possible to both volunteer yep. and play. How will I be in two places at once? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you don't play all day. It's only one you round per day. Well, and yeah, you don't. There, we're gonna have shotgun starts right. for the AMs on Saturday and Sunday, right. oh. so that we can go and watch the pros. Yeah. There you go, people. You can do both. Let's all do both. I'm Let's do both. And I will say, I I believe there's a woman coming in from California that's staying with us Friday, Saturday, Sunday. <gasps> that's oh. so great that you're and hosting her. I've got another room and another bed. So if you're cool with dogs and cool with that Friday, Saturday, Sunday type situation, come on in and uh, yeah, reach out to me if you're a woman and you want to play um, and just need a place to stay. We can we can definitely accommodate that. So I'm also excited about the Kansas City wide open for sure. Um, uh, yeah, be cool to play the A tier. A lot of history. I've never played it before. I haven't either. At least I, I haven't played in a women's division. I played it in the performance flight right. with a bunch of dudes right, a couple right, years right. ago. That's I remember that. But you don't even really feel like you can compete on that level. And so the fact that he's, like, they, if you go online to disc golf scene, you will see they have divisions all the way down yeah. to novice. Right. And I also wanted to give a shout out to Therese Babcock, yeah. who is a wonderful graphic designer. She did these beautiful mandala designs for um, my wedding discs mm-hmm. and also beautiful hand-drawn discs, uh, mandalas that is like currently on my favorite distance driver, my turn. And she was one of the winning designs for the uh, Kansas City Wide Open player pack discs. So you will see her design probably on the Latitude 64 discs. Awesome. That's great. Well, yeah, everybody, come on out to the Kansas City Y Open. Come say hi. We'd love to have you here. And yeah, good stuff. All right. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, Coach Nova's red hot tip pop tip. Ladies First Disc Golf is the most comprehensive retailer for women's disc golf needs. With over 50 five-star reviews on Google and Facebook, listen to what their customers have to say. Veronica B says, I love the selection they have. Discs popular with women can be hard to find, but not here. I love the t-shirts and hoodies. I live in them. Nikki N says, I love every product I've gotten from LFDG. Customer service is fantastic and fast shipping. If you are looking for stylish and comfortable disc golf apparel and discs for women disc golfers of all skill levels, Ladies First Disc Golf has your needs covered. For Ladies of the Chains listeners, we're offering an exclusive 20% off discount on your next order of $19 or more. Visit ladiesfirstdiscgolf.com and use code LOTC20 at checkout. It's time for Coach Nova's Red Hot Tip Top Tips. Quick clips of gripping tips and surprising advice with no compromising. Coming to you bi-weekly on the Ladies of the Chain. Hey everybody, Coach Nova here. At the moment that I am recording this, there are 1,148 discs on the PDGA's approved disc golf discs list. 37 of those were approved since the beginning of this year. Now I'd hate to see the size of the brainium in the cranium of the player who intimately knows every single disc ever made, but it surely is in your best interest to try out and know as many discs as you can whether it's trading bags with your friend for a round, taking a chance on a new mold in a tournament player's pack disc, 
or grabbing a handful of interesting discs from the shop's used bin on the cheap. I'll explain why. First off, with so many discs to choose from, you'll never know which ones will suit your game just right unless you try a lot of them. I'll bet there is, right now, a game-changing disc out there just waiting for you, and you don't even know it. And even though a new kind of disc won't turn you into the next tip-top touring pro, there's no doubt a disc out there that does just what one of your current ones does, only better. In addition, let's say you're at the tee and someone just threw a really nice shot, particularly given the wind that day, or the shape of the line they hit and how it finished, or the obstacles they had to avoid. You might say, wow, great shot, what was that? Whatever their answer is, if you know that disc well, then you've gained insights into how to choose your next disc to throw too, if you want to duplicate their throw. But if you don't know anything about that disc, then you've gained nothing. Similarly, if a throw goes wrong and you know what they threw, then you now have a clue about what sort of disc to avoid when it's your turn. Finally, true story time. A few years ago when I was pretty new, the day before a tournament, I lost all of my renegades while practicing. All of the local shops were closed except one, and they didn't have any renegades, they only sold Innova. They did, however, have a turn. Because I'd been doing my homework, I knew that a turn is not quite exactly like a renegade, but it would be close enough. The next day at the tourney, it did just fine, and so did I. Knowing the flight characteristics of the discs in your bag is tip-top, but knowing all of the discs is red-hot tip-top. And we're back with our new segment, Women's Disc Golf Trivia, that I still don't have a better name for, but maybe Women's Disc Golf Trivia is good enough. I don't know, but I'm still looking for new ideas, listeners, so if you have an idea of a fun name for our segment, let me know. So we're going to do a Katrina Allen edition of Women's Disc Golf Trivia today. So I'll ask you this question. I'll ask both of you for an answer. Whoever's right or closest gets a point, and then you get something that we have never figured out yet. We need to come up with like a good prize. Is this multiple choice? Maybe we should do bag tags for women's disc golf trivia. We'll do trivia tags. (laughs) Okay. Trivia tags it is. All right. So Katrina was dominant in 2014. What was her longest winning streak that year? Lupe? Let's go with... I'm going to go with 25. (laughs) Dang. I don't know if that's a lot or a little. (laughs) That's a number. All right. (laughs) That's a number. I know she won Worlds that year. She won all sorts of stuff. It's Um, true. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with... Six. Okay. Well, if we kind of split the difference there, we get the answer. <laughs> so ten was wow. she ended she ended the season on a ten game or a ten tournament winning streak, but she did also have a nine tournament winning streak that same season. They were just wow. separated by a couple oh like so second and third place wow. finishes. Yeah. She won a lot of tournaments she did. that year. All right. Question number two. How many thousand or above rated rounds has Kat shot in her career? Liz, I'll start with you this time. Um, I'm going to go with eight. Hmm. Lupe? I'm going to price uh, the prices right it. I'm going to go with seven. 71, guys. What? <laughs> wow. I did not do that right. Obviously, <laughs> that, that shows how much attention I pay to ratings. Right. So, to be same. fair. To be fair. But yes. Wow. Thank you, PDGA.com. Because wow. on there, you can 
uh, organized tournaments and ratings by the ratings, and I counted one by one, but yep. So that tells you how many rounds she, like, how many rated rounds she plays in general, because... Like she and Paige are the the most likely to right. to have an average player rating over a thousand. Correct. And so the fact that she's not there yet is just surprising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's to your point, a lot of golf, a lot of rounds. So much. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, Cat. I didn't mean to doubt you. <laughs> Honestly, now I feel bad. I do too. All right. Question number three. What is Katrina's rating for just 2019 so far? I'm going to go with a 980. Liz? I'll go 985. Lupe was actually closest. 979. So you're both very yeah. much in the ballpark. I didn't, uh, I didn't want to under, I didn't <laughs> I know, understand. Yeah. That. After like, the thousand rated round question, yeah. right? That's nice. Yeah. So she's been playing very well. Very consistent golf so far this year. So Bravo. Thus uh-huh. concludes Women's Disc Golf Trivia, Katrina Allen edition. Wait, dun, who won? Dun, dun. I, think, I, I think Liz won. Well, I need I to think... start paying attention. <laughs> I actually... I mean, I think we both... I mean, we both kind of biffed it on the second line. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I was technically <laughs> one closer, but I think we totally... Yeah. Everyone wins. We went the bed on Katrina that. Allen plays disc golf. Okay. No, no participation tags, <laughs> no. Becca. <laughs> nice. All right. So we're going to move on to our topic of the week. And our topic of the week is the, the biggest news in Kansas every year, and that is the glass blown open. So none of us played the GBO this year, but however, we were all there in some capacity at some point throughout the week. Um, I watched all of the FPO coverage rounds one through three, pretty much. And, and, or actually part of that one through three, and then all of, uh, round four for the most part. So, um, yeah. So Liz, give us some thoughts about GBO. Get us started here. (laughs) So many thoughts. Yeah. Um, well, um, my husband and I didn't play it this year. Um, Primarily because of the schedule change. Yeah. Yeah. They changed the schedule so that the A-tier tournament rounds were being played Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, rather than Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And he really wasn't a fan of it, but we had other plans in mind. We were going to go play the Toonie, and then people are having weddings both of the weekends surrounding the Toonie oh, in Finland. Sure. Right. And we have a 19 year old cat and right. someone should be there taking care of her. Um, so um, we weren't playing this year, but we are going to go play the Tim Selinski masters yeah. at Maple Hill nice. in September. So that's, that's kind of going to be our, yeah. our big trip. Sure. And um, so instead on Saturday, I went down with Anna Hare to play the Flex Start C tier yeah. at Clovercliff right. Ranch, right. which everyone has given rave reviews about. Mm-hmm. And Anna, in retrospect, said, you know, when Eric Bolton says it's one of <laughs> your favorite courses, and the end, she said, I should have known it was going to be this hard. Yeah, And that course is really challenging Mm. so many uphill crazy angles Mm. lots of rocks yeah it's it's really beautiful like it kind of felt like i was looking out over the landscape 
somewhere near Winterfell. Of, it, <laughs> it honestly reminded me of the very first episode of Game of Thrones with this great big like green expanse and yeah. I kind of I think I said it looks so stonehenge and just lots of rocks everywhere I understand now why they call it the Flint Hills but mm. it was beautiful and really freaking hard yeah so we played that and then went to um, pop in at Peter Pan mm-hmm. and um, Jones West, because those were two of the three courses Anna was going to be playing sure. for GBO. And it was not possible to go and see the municipal red course. Sure. So we went, just hit a couple of the holes that Anna had not played when she played Monkey Island. Mm-hmm. And then we went to Jones West and tried to hit some of the trickier holes because she hasn't really competed on Jones West. Mm, sure. And I know that's, of course, it can bite you. Sure. It seems like, oh, Jones East is the hard one, the fun one, and oh, Jones West is so boring. Well, for the Junior Worlds last year, they did some tweaks to Jones West, mm. and it is not to be underestimated. Mm. There are plenty of places where it can get you. Hmm. and But one of the places that we worked on, Hole 10, it's got OB on the left, hmm. um, where it abuts with Jones East, Hole 5. Hmm. And then there's a mando tree. Hmm. And so it took a... It took a few throws, but we finally got that dialed in for her. And that was one of the holes that she got a three on. Nice. So shout out to Anna for remembering what we worked on and she did that so that was cool so that was just kind of it it was a big day of disc golf but it was just for that it was cool i got to be part of one of the gbo tournaments Mm -hmm. i'm proud to say that for the third time in our playing history (laughs) i tied with molly bryan you guys tied (laughs) again (laughs) so um yeah, I, I know she'll get me next time, but <laughs> at least we weren't playing head-to-head, so right. that might have made right. all the difference, but it, yeah. that, so, that was a fun, challenging round. We got to go to Radius, which yeah. is cool. always. Um, Wednesday night, Galen Adams hosted a Team DZ Discs meetup mm-hmm. at his home, so we went down for that, my husband and I, and... It was really cool to be talking with women that I've played with before yeah, and just talking about their experiences in their first round and mm-hmm. um, just and, and looking over the results and yeah. seeing so many familiar names. I mean, um, Allie Dorado, who's yep. on our team, yep. was there. And we had last year played on a card with Madeline Davis. She was at the party mm-hmm. and... Wait, props to both of them. They played well in yeah. this tournament. Um, seeing um, like Elizabeth Zubinsky, I played mm-hmm. with her at Am Worlds for a couple of rounds, nice. and she shot. I mean, a, a sixty-six on in the final round oh, well. was a really good yeah. round. Yeah, and so did a, a lot of other women. Yeah. Uh, Kendra Deal, we've yeah. played with her yeah. in numerous tournaments. Going into the final, she was in second place. Yep. And but for your first GBO, yeah, that's that fantastic. Yeah. So props to her. Um, but 
And then Saturday went down. Um, I didn't make, I didn't actually get to watch that much of the finals in person, mm -hmm. but I loved being able to follow along with all the rounds with yeah. the live coverage right. that was being provided by Smashbox right. and Definitely. Dee. Um, and went to lunch with Anna and Fraser, Fraser Jacobs. Yeah. I played ultimate with her 20 years ago. Yeah. And last year she got second mm -hmm. in FA40 and well, since Kim Janola moved up to <laughs> FP40, we'll talk about that later. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Fraza went out and just killed it yeah, this did. year. So she was like, she she won her she won her GBO glass ball and was just being able to relax and enjoy watching everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point that one of the the really neat things about GBO is that there's a lot of different ways to participate and be a part of the experience, even if you don't play the tournament. Like Lupe and I were planning on going down for that, that Clover Cliff or one of the C tiers, but uh, Tina and Eric Oakley ended up coming to do a clinic here in Kansas City, right by Lupe's house. So we just <laughs> went to that instead um, and got to see them, which was cool. But I think, you know, to your point, we heard from several people that said that they had decided not to play the main tournament because of the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday switch. And obviously they still got plenty of people. So it'll be interesting to see what they do in the future. Um, I, I know one of the goals this year was to have things end on Friday for everyone, except for the, the pros that made the cut to try to get the biggest gallery that they could. And I think that was really successful, but I will say the block party which is what uh, where Lupe and I were last night. That was the only part of GBO that we went to. Uh, it was a much more chill block party this year than last year. Really uh, there were not nearly as many people as last year, because I think a lot of people just decided to, you know, go home and and makes perfect sense, right? Like even if if they stayed for like the pro rounds, if they were close enough, I think they just they just left. Um, so that'll be something. I mean, I love the DD staff. Um, I've had nothing but positive interactions with them. And I know that they'll be looking at everything and kind of planning for next year, what makes the most sense. Cause it's a balance, right? Like there's, there's going to be give and take no matter what you do. Um, so it was, yeah, the block party was really cool. Um, definitely really great for Lupe and I, we got to talk to um, some listeners, which was just wonderful. Um, to I love hearing people's stories. I love hearing people's disc golf stories. So that was really fantastic. Um, and yeah, and we got to hang out with with uh, the DZ disc staff and and some of the teammates, and that was really fun to hang to. And uh, DZ Discs was doing the Lost and Found, so that was really fun to watch because they got to make like so many people happy. <laughs> so it's like my disc that I threw in the water. I like, I'm get so it glad I got this one back. I don't care about the other one. Yeah. And so Lupe and I had a good time. Lupe and I just kind of ate the whole time. <laughs> it was really cold and really windy, and I was just like hungry the whole time because I just wanted to get warm. I think was the problem. So there was tacos. There was candied almonds, a veggie bowl without like, there was like the steak tip place without the steak. There was hot chocolate. There was just constant crazing. There was a burger <laughs> from Brahms. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We just, mm. 
we just kept eating. But, I got uh, an ice cream cone on the way home. Nice. I dropped Anna off at her hotel, and Brahms was just across right. the way. And I had been wanting Brahms since the previous Saturday nice. after Clovercliff. Yeah. So, like, all right, I've been out at the block party in a skirt and, like, three layers with a hoodie. <laughs> and I'm frozen, but ice cream! <laughs> so I got gas, and then I got an ice cream cone, and I didn't spill any of it. So nice. very excited about that. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about FPO. So I'm going to go on a very slight, mild rant here. <laughs> you know, I obviously in this day and age, we all know about internet people, right? And especially in disc golf, most of the time people are super great. Um, but there's always some internet people. And for some reason this week, I don't know if I was just extra sensitive to it or I just noticed it a little bit more. It was like the week of random internet dudes being critical of FPO. Um, and I think I actually understand why. Um, I don't know that they were as critical of MPO too. They might've been. And again, I'm just going to be more sensitive always to FPO. So I didn't really notice. But what I think happened is Emporia Country Club is really, really hard. And not only has it always been hard, they make it harder every year, every time. That you is made it extra hard this the year. The goal. And it was and it was kind of the first tournament that we've had so far on tour that was this way. And I think that was everyone was so shocked because we're coming off of, you know, Paul Macbeth's eighteen under at Waco, right? And we're coming off of Jonesboro where like the top eight women were all even or under par and double digits under par for the top three. So I think it was just this weird contrast maybe in some people's minds of like, what happened? Why is FPO so inconsistent and bad at the disc golf? So let me give you some data points to back up my argument that it's not FPO, it was the course. So for round four, which is after the cut, right? So these are our top competitors on both MPO and FPO. And it was very windy, you guys. <laughs> we were in that wind. It was very, very windy. Granted that it felt pretty normal, I think, probably for the three of us, because we're pretty used to the Kansas wind at this point. It just happens sometimes. But anyway, so the FPO average for round four was 9.19 throws over par. And MPO was 7.42 throws over par. There's not that big of a difference. Right. So granted, you know, FPO was playing from a few different tees and things like that. Like, calm down. It was just <laughs> really hard. And overall, for the whole entire tournament, FPO was 9.34 throws over par for the entire division over uh, of 40 women. That was the average. And for MPO, it was 5.9 strokes over par. And I mean, Paul Macbeth won on the MPO side at 16 under. And again, this is the guy who, you know, rattled off an 18 down at Waco not that long ago. And I think that just really speaks to how difficult the course was. And one of the arguments, again, probably maybe don't engage with the negative like YouTube commenters, but for some reason, and Robert McCall got pulled into it. <laughs> YouTube discussion, to be fair. But anyway, the person was kind of arguing that like FPO just isn't good as a whole division. And like this particular tournament was difficult, I think, for a variety of reasons for FPO. Like the difference between first and eighth place for this particular tournament was 27 throws. But before you freak out that it's, oh, just because the course was, you know, 
had more distance to it or whatever else at the Las Vegas challenge, which is not the same course at all, but maybe kind of a little bit similar, right? Ball golf course, lots of distance. The difference between first and seventh place, because there were two players tied for seventh, uh, was only eight throws. So I think maybe it was just where we're at in the tour schedule. Um, emotions were running really high. We'll get to that here in a minute, uh, both on MPO and FPO. Like I, I read it. I didn't see it yet. I didn't watch the last part of um, the final MPO round because we were driving down, but I, Eagle got, you know, upset and took his hat off and stomped on it. <laughs> and so like, I get it. Like emotions were just running really high this week for, for whatever reason. Um, it was just kind of a funky week. I don't really have all the explanations. Lots of OB, but again, that that's not like courses we don't see. But. It was the wind. Yeah, I mean, Honestly, right, like, right, right, right. There's nothing more frustrating than throwing what you feel as soon as you release it. It's a perfect shot, and then the wind changes course. Well, and I was talking to um, just a wonderful gentleman uh, yesterday from Colorado that actually heard Kim give her acceptance speech and said, hey, I know that voice from the Ladies of the Chains podcast, (laughs) which was super sweet. And he went up to her and then she uh, guided him towards our our, uh, table. But, you know, I was talking to him because I'm going to go play Rocky Mountain Women's and I was talking about the, the change in elevation, right? And what that does to discs and everything like that. And he's like, you have no idea what the difference is like for the wind, which was really helpful for me to know because I've, you know, learned because I've had to how to navigate the Kansas winds with my discs. And he's like, in Colorado, when it gets windy, I can just throw my disc harder and it acts totally normal and everything's fine. And that was not the case this week. Like when I'm putting, I was like, oh, I'll just put higher you know, harder. And then all of a sudden the disc is like flying back over my head and it's like, yeah, it is different here. So, um, yeah, I think maybe to your point, Lupe, like the, the winds reads were just maybe more tricky. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was kind of an interesting week, but in conclusion, it was tough for everybody. (laughs) Let's, (laughs) let's calm down. The FPO is a smaller division. It is a growing division, but you know, obviously, it's hard enough to be on tour. It's tiring enough. It's draining enough. Ain't nobody got no time for your negativity. Ain't nobody. <laughs> and I mean, we do this all in sports, right? Where we, we like talk about players and things. But ain't, no, ain't nothing you're going to say that some player's going to see and be like, oh, if only I had thought of that. <laughs> like, <laughs> they are professionals. They know the things. Like, calm down, maybe. Just spend your time doing something more positive And that's a good plan. Anyway, <laughs> um, I, th- I think um, I would be interested to get f- feedback from all the women that played totally in FPO yeah. about how they felt about the change. Yeah. Because I think there are the, there are two sides of it. Yeah. And probably the side that wins out is that for the top touring pros, both mm-hmm. male and female, um, and Nate Sexton encapsulated this today. Mm. He he played a couple of holes with us during the Sexton shootout oh, in yeah, Kansas yeah. City. And he said that there's really no question for most of us that we would prefer to have your best course right. in the hardest settings, but the same course, because I will go and practice that right. course and get it all dialed in right. and play the best that I can and put on the best possible show right. for everybody who's watching. 
He also said during the clinic that at this point in his career, he finds it hard to really get into gear and play his best disc golf if he's not playing for a crowd. Mm. And I guess that's what it's like when you get to be that good. (laughs) Right, sure. But I think for the touring pro women, Mm -hmm. they probably also prefer only having one course to practice. But good Lord, they made Country Club really super hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I played the Country Club Classic last fall. That was just two rounds, once per day, mm-hmm. and it was exhausting. Yeah. Um and I'm I'm guessing that for like some of the the, the not touring pros, yeah. those four rounds had to be pretty yeah. draining. Oh, for sure. But yeah. it was really cool for the ones that did make the cut. Yeah. Like Emily Beach mm-hmm. and um sit- Let's see, Emily Beach, Edie Hurd. Mm-hmm. And as I was driving down every now and then, um, Robert or Terry would pipe in with like, wow, we just got word that Edie threw in a 68-footer <laughs> yeah. for a birdie. Right. And that's so exciting. So I really hope that those ladies are proud of themselves, all the ones that made the cut. Yeah. When I, we saw Zoe and mm-hmm. Dustin at Radius, she was so psyched because I think she moved herself up to yeah. 10th. Yeah. And that's awesome. Yeah. And when I saw Tina Oakley, mm-hmm. she, she although she didn't make the cut, she played the third round with no OBs. Right. And even Paige commented on that, what? No OBs? Right. How do you do that? It's crazy. And... Last year, the third we played our third round. All the women were in the same pool last year, which I really, really liked because yeah. we were all there. Right. Um, but I re- remember seeing Eric and Tina. Well, she was Tina Stenitis then, but right. Eric and Tina were walking towards Tournament Central at Peter Pan holding hands, and I was kind of going up to see, you know, hey, how are you doing? And Eric kind of saw me and it's like, this is not a good time. Yeah. And then later on, uh, they told me that she had withdrawn because she right. was having so much like shoulder pain. N- yeah, yeah, neck and shoulder pain. So a year later to see that she's back, she's playing again, and to have such a great round like yeah. that, I was so happy. So I bought, by the way, I bought a Dymax Maverick with spout on a surfboard <laughs> from Tina nice. and had her sign it, which was really cool. And she also very sincerely asked me how I was doing because yeah. Yeah. I've had various dramas going on in my sure. life. And the, when someone pays attention and actually sincerely asks that, I think it's really nice. So yeah, totally stoked for, for them. And to second your shout outs there, Tina actually had the lowest OB rate of any female player she only went out of bounds three times the entire tournament is that insane oh my gosh yes and i was very excited also to purchase from tina yesterday a bag of birdie fueled coffee which i haven't started yet but i'm very excited to drink that this week and i also got a free mini with it that is infused with coffee and we discovered smells like coffee so that's my new icebreaker is smell my mini because it (laughs) smells like coffee oh gosh (laughs) 
So coffee and disc golf, two of my favorite things, come together. I'm a very happy girl. And uh, yeah, Edie Heard, man, made the cut. And I looked at the PDGA website today. And it looks like she took the cast. So she is now a professional at the oh. ripe old age of 16. <laughs> she won, you know, FJ 15 Worlds last year. So I was so happy to see uh, Edie do well. That was really, really neat. Um, so let's break down kind of just the... While we're, you know, talking GBO here, the the wrap up of that last round of FPO, like uh, Liz allu- alluded to, and just just the whole tournament for FPO, I had a couple takeaways there. Um, so let's start with the final round because man, was that crazy! Like it was just the drama llama in full effect, <laughs> emotions high. Um, you know, it was that it was crazy. So if you missed it, hole sixteen is really where things got super crazy. Uh, Paige Pierce was charging all round. And again, to speak to how hard this course was playing on Saturday, she shot two under and that was a 1017 rated round. I mean, it was it was hard out there. And I think she was the only one to shoot under par um, that day. But anyway, so Paige is charging, making all these shots. It's crazy. Uh, 16 is the, you know, infamous island hole, right? Do you lay up? Do you run it? What do you do? You run it! <laughs> well, especially if you're Paige Pierce, like, was there ever any doubt? So Paige Pierce runs the island, um, makes it, beautiful shot. And I'll say, I should look at exactly what it was, but I think it was about 25 feet out um, or so of, of the basket. And granted, crazy high wind, right? Then Katrina... Just steps right up, runs the island as well, which was kind of shocking at that point um, because she she still had the lead. Through a great line, it was a great shot. It just barely did not make the island. So Katrina moves to the drop zone. Katrina throws onto the green, makes the green. We'll say probably has like an eighteen footer. And uh, so Paige is up first to putt, and you know. This island surrounding the, there's water surrounding the basket, right? So there's danger everywhere. Super windy. Paige runs the putt. Paige makes the putt. Paige fist bumps. Paige is super stoked. She just got the birdie. I mean, it was awesome. Then Katrina steps up to her putt, hits off the basket, and rolls towards the water. Katrina, not stoked, throws her mini into the water, (laughs) which, you know, isn't great. <laughs> Granted, you know, motion's running high. She gets a courtesy violation called on her by Jessica Weiss. Katrina's disc, and there's actually, um, Jomez has just put out the final round today, and like the thumbnail for it is this disc sitting on this rock. <laughs> I mean, like, it's like, no doubt, this is the situation. Um, and it's, it's, very clearly based on the caddy book and the rules in bounds because it is on top of the rock and not completely surrounded by water. And it's one of those situations where if the disc is completely surrounded by water, it is OB. And Paige Pierce, being the class act that she is, looks at the disc and is like, yeah, it's in bounds, card decision, it's in bounds, Katrina makes that putt. And that means that Katrina and Paige, once again, tell me if you've heard this one before, go to the 18th hole, tied. <laughs> Just crazy, 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 right? So eight, hole 18 also has a water carry. Um, and it's it's not a short shot by any means. I think it's around 390. I can't remember the exact foot on there. And Paige has a really good drive. I mean, it's a perfectly fine drive. We'll say about 60 feet from the basket. Katrina has a 
perfect drive, hits right next to the basket on the green, kind of rolls a little bit away, has maybe like a 20, 20 footer for birdie. So the other thing I wanted to mention that is really cool, and I see Paige do this all the time, is she thanked the gallery on hole 18, which is so classy um, and just shows how good of a player Paige is, right? Because she's in this incredibly tense situation, (laughs) turns around, is like, hey, thanks, you know, biggest gallery, like super stoked about that. And then just turns back around, takes a really deep breath, focuses rather quickly and throws a perfectly fine drive. (laughs) I'm like, I can't do that. That's amazing. Um, So super classy. Anyway, back to the action. Uh, Paige makes, I think, the smartest chess move decision, especially in that wind. And she lays up under the basket for an easy par, puts all the pressure on Kat to make the putt. And sure enough, in that wind... You know, Kat's had her problems at times with putting, just like everybody else. It drains the putt for the birdie, for the yeah, win. Wow. I mean, it was bananas. It made for for very good uh, excitement for everyone watching. Um, and yeah, I, I watched it live. I'm still going to go back and watch the Jomez coverage because I want to see the, the post-produced uh, video of it. It was just incredible so really really epic tournament on the fpo side and again thank you smashbox for doing live fpo i'm hoping this is a thing with my particular work schedule i have mornings off so i just make myself some hash browns and eggs and coffee and uh, (laughs) watch my three or four hours of disc golf in the morning and then go to work so that was pretty amazing um yeah. Any other thoughts about that? Right. So something else that I think mm-hmm. happened. So Jessica call gave her a courtesy warning for uh, throwing her mini, right. and Cat came right back and was like, "Well, then courtesy warning on you because <laughs> right. you hit the basket." Oh. Yeah, it and was. It was tense. Yeah, it was. And there had been the other drama before from the where where did Kat's disc go out of bounds? And I'm so glad you said that because that was my like second takeaway. This goes back to Coach Nova's red hot tip top tip from a three weeks ago. Watch where everyone's drive goes. And like, I forget to do it all the time. Like, especially after I have like a bad throw or I'm just spacing out, right? I'm not watching because... I, I didn't actually see this happen, so I don't know if it was like a blind shot or whatever else, but I know that there were players on the card that just said, I didn't see it. And being that this golf is self-refereeing and the way that the rules work, that's why it's so important that we watch throws, especially when there's potential trouble. Because, you know, I'm not a confrontational person. I don't like trauma. <laughs> I run away from it. But I know that it is my job as a good card mate to be able to say here is what I saw you know and to be honest about what I saw to help the card make a decision and having players just be like well I didn't see it in that situation I mean it was a tight tournament that could have Uh done all sorts of things so it's it's really important and and it's possible there were a lot of blind shots and stuff on this course so it's possible mm-hmm. that you just couldn't see it right um, but even in that situation that's why it's just so important that that you watch the shots yeah. so it was a good lesson for me and i'm pretty much reverse i'm really bad about watching my own shots 
I do that sometimes. I like to do the explosion thing where you just like look away from it. Right. Like you don't even bother to look like, at where ah, it lands. But I will watch for other people's shots because, yeah. yeah, like you and Nova said, it's really important because you have to be able to make a decision as a card and back it up. But I'm not looking at mine. I'm like, this is over. I'm done. That's such a good point, though. I know how many times I've been playing with Nova. She's like, watch it, Becca. Watch it, watch it. Especially when like I do a bad shot and she's like, you need to know where that went. Yeah. I was like, oh, right. <laughs> right. Um, and back to, I guess, some of the controversy or the good sportsmanship. Yeah. I think there was a later hole, and it may have been on Wednesday, mm-hmm. on the first day when there was the most tension about yeah. the where did it go out. On a later hole, um, maybe hole 14, Jessica's drive had gone out and it was under the fence Mm. that where they hadn't painted Mm. and there was a question of well so where relative to the fence post was it out and I think Katrina when she stepped up was like um well I I think it's in and we should give benefit of the doubt or something like that so that was very classy on her Mm -hmm. part so all right so I wanted to talk about all of our female division winners. Uh, we've talked a little bit about them, but yeah, Kat wins uh, FPO. Paige came in second. And shout out to Jen Allen, who shot a 982 yeah. uh, round three to move back up into third. Oh, that was really yeah, cool. Yeah, from the chase card. Yeah. Oh yep. my gosh. So yeah, I was her. so stoked. And it was great to see her. She's come up to play our Divas tournament yeah. before. Yeah. And so it was She's really She's one of our sweet. past champions, I believe, She right? is. Absolutely. And so it was really great that afterwards she came and gave us hugs and nice. said, you know, I miss you because yeah. she's moved to Arizona. Right. And so, Jen, we miss having you come and play in our local oh, yeah. tournaments. But it, w- it really was exciting to yeah. see her make that comeback. Yeah, Jen is awesome. And, you know, Jessica Weiss and Rebecca Cox were on a whole lot of lead cards this week. They both had yeah. a rough, rough fourth round. Um, but... Outside of that fourth round, really, really good weeks for them. We keep seeing them. You know, they're yeah. gonna they're gonna keep, uh, I think, being on lead cards and and hopefully take some tournaments here soon. Uh, and then uh, FP forty, dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> like Liz mentioned, our very own Kimberly Janola won FP forty, and Nova was the runner up. And I'm really stoked because Nova posted on her player page on Facebook today that she got 175 dollars for winning uh, or for getting second place at GBO, and that's the exact amount to play Ledgestone. So hey. I think Nova's gonna go play Ledgestone, and I know Kim signed up too, so I'm excited for that. And I guess I would like to publicly offer Nova $50 if she has the bravery. Okay, Nova's a very good juggler. So, Nova, I'll give you $50 if you can successfully juggle all three of Kim's beautiful glass ball trophies. And, Kim, yes, I'm really just kidding. And then... Uh, FA1 Advanced Women, my co-host from two weeks ago, Erica Weir, got the win. And it was really cool. I was talking to her last night. And it was a very, very tight competition in Advanced Women this year. And uh, she was talking about Chelsea Harden, who came in second by one stroke, that it really could have been either one of them. And that they really, really pushed each other, which was cool to hear that, you know, that... 
as competitive people is really fun when we compete against people who bring out our absolute best, right? Uh, so yeah, shout out to, to Erica. Congratulations to her and everyone else who competed in FA1. FA40, as Liz mentioned, Fresa Jacobs won, which is just so cool. Um, she's, she's a really good player. You can catch her on uh, some Central Coast coverage from the Mid-America Open last year, see some of her sweet flick action yes um, and yeah. she's so much touch her yeah. finesse shots are amazing from all the years of playing ultimate also she's helping to run the mid-america open for this year oh, so cool. get out there sign up for the mid-america open it's going to be i think the weekend before ledge stone awesome that oh, is cool. by design yeah totally uh and then fa50 congratulations to angie taylor who took the win there and then intermediate woman a uh, lie tedder and i totally lee. apologize lee thank you lee tedder won and lee tedder is from estonia and that <laughs> wow. is fantastic estonian disc golf is growing hugely and the women's side is growing hugely i think a lot of that is uh in at least in part thanks to Kristen tatar i know she's a huge champion and ambassador of the sport uh and yeah estonian disc golf i love it that's so cool and then monica Marles. morales I, I should have you read this. <laughs> Becca is bad at the names. I would like to just publicly apologize now and for all times at my poor pronunciation of names. I love you all and I'm very sorry. Uh, congratulations to Monica taking second. And then, yeah, second shout out here to our friend Kendra Deal taking third. That was so awesome. Kendra played so well this week. Um, she and her husband are just awesome people. And I was, I was really excited to see her make the podium. That's really cool. Yeah, Very cool. So interesting thing I played, um, a a few years ago, there was sort of a, a team meetup between the, uh, the whiskey discs and then, uh, Tulsa's rogue Mm. disc golf. And we all met up in Emporia and played. And Monica Morales is one of the women who uh, came from Tulsa. Yeah. And she was still, she was newer then, but she's still a a very good disc golfer. Yeah. And it was cool to see um, that after the first day, she was doing really well. I think some, uh, Cherish was in first place, but then after the second Mm day, uh, Kendra had been tied for fourth with right. Elizabeth Subinski and maybe Katie Parson, mm-hmm. both whom I have also played. And um, but Monica played really well at Peter Pan and moved up into first place. And then there's Kendra in second. Right. They were just like one stroke yeah, apart. Yeah. And so it's it sort of interesting. Probably you're going in there. All right. These two ladies are in the top. They're vying for it. And they shot the exact same score mm. on the final day. And that may be like, that's who you're looking out for. All right, I'm staying even right. with her. It's cool. I think they both shot maybe 67 yeah. at Jones West. And then Lee shot a 59. Holy cow. She shot a 59 oh, to cool. launch up. And she just snatched that glass ball Good away from her. both of them. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's so, so, cool. so I think I, I, I posted something for both of them because a few years back, I was in first place in intermediate for two days. It was the most stressed out I can imagine mm-hmm. that I've been because we had early morning rounds and I didn't go out and enjoy any of the extracurriculars <laughs> no, right. at night because, oh my gosh, yeah. I did not expect to be in this position and I didn't want to lose it. Right. And then on the third day, I had one blow up hole mm. and I lost it. So yeah. like there's that, like, 
I had the glass ball yeah. there in my hand. And so that was literally, that's right. the only way that you can lose at GBO is when you're in first place yeah. and then you don't stay there. Yeah. And, um, but just being in the top three, yeah. it's like finding a four leaf clover yeah. at GBO, especially in a field of 55 yeah. women. Big field. Um, Elizabeth um, posted on her athlete page, this was my first loss of the year. And I said, you did not lose. <laughs> you were fifth out of 55. Right. You don't lose at GBO. Just you maybe don't get the four leaf clover. Yeah. Yeah. So really shout outs to all the ladies and... Um, And and that maybe kind of brings up Anna's point of, you know, you can win the party or you can win at disc golf, Mm -hmm. but at GBO, it's pretty hard to do both. Yeah, absolutely. Because Anna, really, we we do need to mention that last year at GBO, she did karaoke and Ricky Waisaki joined her on stage. (laughs) So that was a pretty epic thing for her. This year, when she did Bohemian Rhapsody, she was joined by Philo Brathwaite. (laughs) So anybody, if anybody out there has the video, she maybe is still looking for it. Um, But she was not feeling super awesome the next day. And in my first GBO, we also played Jones West on the final day, just as she did this year. And... We had a bottle share the night before. Mm -hmm. All the beer nerds from Kansas City got together to do a bottle share, and somebody opened some some of the wrong bottles, and then everybody tapped out. And I'm like, I can't let all this love child from Boulevard (laughs) go to waste. I got to drink it all. I sort of blame Ron Converse Jr. Um, but yeah, so I just remember the next morning thinking they would revoke my beer league tag if I DNF because of a hangover. So what I'm hearing is that you and Anna both won the party. (laughs) Yes. I won the party in 2015. Anna won the party in 2019. Uh, neither of us won at disc golf in that particular year in Jones West. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. So, but that's also brings us around to the original point, which is there is so much more to do right. at GBO than just play disc golf. Right. Sarah Hibbs is, is a woman from Florida that I met last year mm-hmm. at Amworlds in North Carolina. And her, her boyfriend was in the putting finals mm-hmm. for GBO, which is very cool. But she messaged me. Uh, before GBO, asking for recommendations about where to play disc golf, where to get good barbecue, and where to get beer. So today, on my recommendations, they went and played Waterworks. Mm. They got some Joe's Barbecue from the Ice House in Power and Light, because Joe's Kansas City Barbecue is closed on Sundays. Mm -hmm. And then they went to the Flying Saucer and had some $4 local pints, and I was able to join them for some of them oh, cool. for, for some of that after the Sexton shootout. And I didn't know this, but the 2020 Amateur World Championships are going to be in Orlando. Yep. Oh, wow. 
And of course, I started singing from the Book of Mormon soundtrack. I was like, Orlando. I'm just thinking it's Mickey Mouse going to make an appearance. Right? And so she was already giving some recommendations about these like turkey cabins or something that are right on the course where you can stay. So um, I'll just give some shout outs that Sarah Hibbs shot a really hot round at Peter Pan the second day in the wind. She considers herself a rec player, Mm -hmm. and so to come to GBO and do that is great. And I think we all need to be thinking about getting the points to qualify for AmWorld in 2020, because I think Orlando sounds like a good trip for next year. And we actually got to meet Sarah last night. We did. She came and talked to us. And Sarah is also this October running a women's tournament on some of at least the courses that are going to be used for Worlds. So yep. you could go mm-hmm. check October twenty sixth. Yes, which Lupe made note of because Lupe needs to go down there for work anyway. So I she really said, do. I'll see you in Orlando. I'll be <laughs> do down. It. I'll be down there for work at least like three days after the twenty sixth. So I might as well head there early. Yeah, that's so cool. So we'll have more info about that women's tournament as we get closer. And yeah, good. GBO week, everybody. Again, thank you so much for everybody who came and said hello and and gave us hugs. It was really, really great last night. So very good. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, a brand new segment. The Kansas City Disc Golf Divas are passionate about creating unforgettable disc golf experiences for women and girls of all ages. Join the Divas on May 11th for the fifth annual Diva Spring Fever held at Rosedale Park in Kansas City. This women's two-round event is part of the Heartland Women's Series and sure to be one of the highlights of your disc golf season. To register or to sponsor the event, visit igotthefeva.com, that's igotthefeva.com, where you can also keep updated on women's league nights, upcoming diva events, and volunteer opportunities. And we're back with what might grow to be my favorite segment ever, Lupe Is It Okay?, where we give Lupe a chance to rant or rave about a topic. Today's topic, dad hats. Lupe, is it okay? Uh, Yeah, it's more than okay. It is my favorite because thank you, Jomez, for stocking dad hats. Now, it may seem super petty, but I just can't do trucker hats. They don't look good on me, and flat bill hats really don't look good on me. Um, So dad hats just get the job done. Great space for a ponytail. I don't know. There's just something about a dad hat. And I wish more disc golf companies would go ahead and make some because all I can ever find are neon trucker hats. And at some point, I'm just like, well, Ashton Kutcher had these in 2004. Maybe we should leave them there. (laughs) You know, maybe if we got one that said punked, it would be ironic. But (laughs) since it since it doesn't say that, maybe we should like leave trucker hats alone. So, yay, Team Dad Hats. And thank you, Jonas. Can you define dad hat for the the radio listeners? And we'll throw this up on Instagram. Sure. Go ahead. Uh, It's basically your unstructured five-panel hat. So just look at your dad. He's probably wearing one right now. A nice twill hat. A nice hat. Um, And usually they'll be baseball hats. Um, And, yeah, I have a ton of them, and I love them. And I think everybody should love them. Dad hats. They're more than okay. (laughs) <laughs> i do have to confess to you that i do kind of like trucker hats i used to wear them more but i don't anymore but was it in okay. 2004 it was in 2007 so yes <laughs> that's a good point it was like 2006 and 2007 i had a black trucker hat that had shredder in pink embroidered in it back when i played in a wedding band yeah. in colorado and i wore it every gig yeah. so 
I grew up in LA, so 2004, and then you get to the Midwest in 2007. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Now we come to our Ladies League Spotlight. And I want to give another shout out, another plug as always, for our new Slack channel that, uh, again, open invitation for any women to join that are interested in in participating in our women's disc golf community. Um, I know I talked to somebody last night that was a little put off by the technology of it all, which I totally understand. Uh, it's, It's really not too hard to maneuver in there. Danielle and I are more than happy to show you around. I think Danielle may even do like a webinar at some point of, of just kind of training with the Slack so everybody can feel more comfortable with it. But uh, something Danielle's done that is super, super cool is she has started a Google Map database of women's leagues around the world. So if you click on this link, you can literally see all the women's leagues that we've added. She does ask that the uh, director of the women's league join the Slack channel just so you she can have kind of direct communication with them and make sure she has all the details correct. So if you run a women's league, especially please join our Slack channel so we can uh, get your league added to this incredible map. It's going to be so cool as, as we could just continue to add leagues to it and it'll be a very centralized visual, easy way for women to find leagues all over the world. So again, just uh, email me at ladies of the chains at gmail.com. And I'll get you a link to join the Slack channel. So today's league that I am going to feature and spotlight is the Twin Cities Women's Disc Golf League. My husband later this year is headed to the Twin Cities for a business trip. So that's why it particularly caught my eye, but I was excited to see it on our map. And the Twin Cities Women's Disc Golf League is an all ages traveling league that meets every week, mostly on Sundays, starting at 1030, I assume am at a different course within hour or so from the heart of St. Paul, Minneapolis, that uh, metro area, and they play for cash or just for fun. So you can join our Slack channel and send a direct message to uh, Christine Headland, and she can give you details about where the league is meeting each week. So that's fantastic. Way to go, Minnesota. I really want to get up there and play some disc golf here at some point. So we kind of did like the big FPO wrap up already. Um, there were some smaller tournaments around. I, I kind of did a quick PDA, DGA search to see uh, if there was anything super notable. And I just I didn't really find anything on my quick search. But I did want to give a shout out to the off the chain tournament that happened uh Saturday, yesterday in Ankeny, Iowa, we had a bunch of friends uh, go up there. It was really cold. It didn't look like the best conditions ever, Um, but it looked like uh, everybody had a lot of fun. And I don't have, uh, there's not scores posted for that yet. And I think part of that reason why there's not scores posted yet is uh, Allison Wiley that ran that tournament also ran another tournament today for the juniors, which I think is so smart. It's a really cool uh-huh. idea because yep. it gives a destination for for women and then they can bring their kids and then do the women's tournament on Saturday, do the kiddos tournament, the juniors tournament on Sunday. I mean, what a fun idea making it just a destination weekend. So shout out to them. And then I also saw there on the PDGA.com website that I spend probably far too much time on that there was another women's tournament this weekend. The girls just want to have fun tournament. Also didn't have scores posted uh, yet for that. I will, as soon as I see those scores, I'll, I'll post them on Facebook and stuff. So that's what we had going on this weekend. And we have reached the end of our show. Thank you, ladies, so much for being here. It's time for shout-outs. Liz, give me some shout-outs. All right. I have a couple. Um, One, two, Terry Miller. Last year, he was really trying to step up the coverage of FPO 
uh, cards at tournaments. And when I stepped up on Patreon, the thing that I had asked him to do for me was for this tournament, would you please get me a tournament disc and have as many women players (laughs) as possible sign it? And I don't think he was able to get me one from that tournament, but a little while back, I did get a package from Smashbox with a Patreon supporter disc, and there was one of his Tear Bear discs, which is an MVP disc, mm-hmm. I think, and it was signed by a gajillion. <laughs> I'm going to say at least 50 players, and I'm pretty sure he had those signed at the U.S. Women's Disc Golf oh, Championships. Cool. Yeah. And I had... I didn't actually run into him in person at GBO. So if he does happen to listen to this, thank you, Terry. (laughs) I was really excited to find that. And then the other shout out would be to Ava Ava. Meyer, who was out every day with her Zuka cart full of snacks for all the backup holes at GBO. Mm -hmm. And she got mentioned on the live coverage by Terry and uh, Robert McCall. By the way, Robert, sign her to Team DD already. (laughs) Just saying. And Terry also had a really nice post that he made on his Facebook, uh, just complimenting her. And Kathy, Kathy and Steve have taught her that disc golf is about more than just going and playing tournaments, yeah. that it's about giving back. So they, she comes out and volunteers at every possible event. At our club elections, she was selling discs from her player packs to help pay for her tournament trips because it's not just the bank of dad <laughs> that pays for disc golf. And she has just amazing work ethic yeah. and the biggest heart. And I really, really can't say enough good things about the fact she was doing that. Oh, so yeah. we love you, Ava. Absolutely. And I'm so happy because the poor thing had a small fracture in her throwing arm oh, and was out right. of commission for a minute. Um, but thankfully, she's young. She healed fast and posted on on her Instagram page today that she got to play her first kind of nine holes full on. She got cleared to play. So she is ready for Diva Fiva and is going to be able to play. And I'm so happy that uh, she's healed up. But yeah, you know, while she was hurt, she was supporting uh, lots of players. She walked with our card at um, Tina and went at the launch pad event where we played Blue Valley, where um, Tina and Eric did their clinics. So all of the shout-outs to Ava forever and ever. <laughs> Lupe? Um, shout-out to Ava for sure. But also, I want to give a big shout-out to tournament directors everywhere. Yeah. Um, I've been helping a bit with the Diva Fiva this year. Mm-hmm. And just all the work that it takes to run mm-hmm. tournament, all the footwork yep. that you have to do just to get sponsors, Um it's just insane, and it definitely isn't highlighted as much. You yeah. guys are basically the rock stars behind the scenes. Absolutely. So definitely huge thank you to all tournament directors because I know how hard it is now. And, and especially to mm-hmm. those of you that are running social media, just having fresh content mm-hmm. constantly um, in an attempt to bring people in. You know what? Big props to you guys, too, because it's really difficult, especially yeah. if it's a smaller-scale event where you're not getting as much feedback as, say, um, 
social media through um, Didi or 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 uh, Jomas. They right. they are excellent at what they do with that. But um, smaller events, definitely big props to all of you guys and big props to tournament directors. Yeah. That's very cool. And speaking of tournaments, I know you're doing the social media yep. for. Yep. So thank you, Lucas. yeah, for Springfoot. <laughs> yes, thank you for stepping. I've I've yeah. definitely noticed like the the yep. uptick in that lately and. Since my task for Spring Fever is always being the beer queen, <laughs> I, I did want to give shout outs to Strange Days Brewing yeah. Company and City Barrel Brewing in Kansas City. Um, they're both going to be donating beer mm-hmm. for our event, and we're going to have an after party uh, after Saturday's mm-hmm. award ceremony will have an after party hosted at Strange Days Brewing Company in the River Market, which is not that far from Rosedale. So, mm-hmm. uh, yet another reason to come and play in the Diva Fiva. Yep. Still have room. Come see us. Come to Cynthia Ricciotti's clinic on Friday at 5 p.m., May 10th. Awesome. And if you just want to play a doubles tournament, come yes. by on Friday. Launchpad is having a doubles tournament before the clinic. All divisions. So, All divisions. Yep. I get to, I think, I get to play women's doubles with Fraser Jacobs. Nice. Oh, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I like it. Come by, say hi. We'll all be there in some capacity. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. Like I've said about five or seven, maybe not enough times so far today, we love talking to our listeners. We love talking to other disc golfers. So please reach out with your questions, comments, concerns, disc golf stories, ladies of the chains at gmail.com, or you can find us on social media. Check out our Slack channel. Have a great week. Play some disc golf. And we'll catch you next time here on the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast.